a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, welcome back to Live Mike. One fifty-two is the time. We're creeping up on 2 o'clock. Uh, before we get there, though, uh, we need to spend some time looking back at the press conference delivered by President Joe Biden uh, here this morning. Folks are calling it his first press conference. I- I- I'd agree with that in that it was the first time where reporters were able to, uh, in uh, an unfiltered way, uh, interact with the-, the president. There have been certainly instances uh, you know, before boarding uh, Marine One uh, or other instances where reporters have been able to interact with the the president, but in, in a you know in a formal uh, concerted effort here in executing a, a press conference, this is the first one here on day uh, sixty four of the uh, Biden presidency. I, that those were superficial observations. I pointed those out earlier, and I promised that uh, before we wrapped up today's program, we'd spend some time uh, looking at uh, the substance of the remarks delivered by the president. Uh, help us with that. I've uh, invited to the program ABC reporter Ike Ajachi, who joins us now. Ike, welcome to the program. How are you? Oh, I'm fantastic. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, it, it, tell me, what was the what, what stood out? If there's one story to take away from the this first press conference held by President Joe Biden, what's that? what would that be? Well, I'd say the thing that stood out the most kind of happened within the first couple of minutes. He began by announcing a new goal for the vaccine rollout, 200 million vaccine doses by the end of his first 100 days, essentially doubling his first promise he made uh, when he started off uh, his administration. You know, he then went to tout his COVID relief plan and then the advances in helping the economy recover. And then that's when the reporters really started pressing him. That's when he stopped with his prepared remarks. You know, they pressed him on some of his big agenda items that Republicans are opposed to, like immigration and gun control. And then Biden, he kind of pivoted at that point back to his achievements. He said, I got elected to solve problems. You know, there are a lot of problems. And he argued that there were long-term problems, those specific issues Republicans were opposed to. And he said that he needed to put his focus first on dealing with the pandemic and the economic fallout, which is why the issue of the filibuster came in, in which uh, President Biden said that He's still sticking to his guns that he wants to amend the filibuster, not necessarily completely get rid of it. Now, the entire press conference, a majority of it, was about the surge of unaccompanied minors coming at the border. Reporters asked whether it was his and his administration's messaging that led to the migrant surge. And Biden immediately pushed back. He says that the influx happens every single year. And he contended that many of the current problems 
actually started from the failures of the former president. He said his administration, they're currently rebuilding the system, which is why members, certain journalists and others, are not allowed into the holding facilities. He pretty much wants to make sure that his plans are in place so he can get a full representation of what his border would look like. Nevertheless, you're still seeing a lot of those unaccompanied minors surging at the border, and you're still seeing some of those terrible conditions that they're being held, uh, held into right now. We're speaking with ABC reporter Ike Ajachi on the the details uh, contained within the president's press conference today, the first of his administration. We've uh, covered some of the ground on COVID-19 vaccines. We talked about uh, the, the president's uh, addressing of the filibuster, not uh, expressing a willingness to abolish the filibuster, as has been the case uh, made by many Democrats uh, in the United States Senate, uh, but rather to reform it, uh, urging uh, folks to or rather discussing the idea that, you know what, maybe maybe we leave the filibuster in place. But instead uh, of being able to merely threaten uh, a filibuster, maybe these United States senators ought to actually take to the floor and uh, carry out a filibuster. Uh, Ike, talk to me about uh, schools. There was some time spent during the press conference this morning about this idea of reopening schools. Uh, Utah's own uh, junior senator Mitt Romney yesterday in a committee hearing with the secretary of education uh, discussed this issue and express the importance of, uh, at least in, in his mind, of getting schools uh, back open, back open five days a week, face-to-face education. Uh, did that issue come up in the press conference today? It didn't come up necessarily in the press conference, but President Biden has been harping on his urgency to get kids back into the school. He even announced $81 billion for schools as part of that COVID-19 relief plan. Obviously, that's something that's going to be in there. He says that he wants to make sure, and we've heard this time and time again, that people are vaccinated appropriately and that when students do get back into the schools, that they're there safely. You saw the CDC adjusting the guidelines, uh, social distancing guidelines, to about three feet uh, as opposed to six feet. Uh, But, you know, as far as back to the press conference, believe it or not, a lot of that actually, they start to touch on the foreign policy aspect of the administration, asking Mm -hmm. President Biden about North Korea. You know, they just tested their uh, uh, some uh, IMCBs. It's been over a year. He was asked, what's his red line? Now, he said that he's prepared for diplomacy. However, that must be geared toward denuclearization. And he does agree that North Korea is a top foreign policy issue. Fascinating. Uh, Last question. He was asked, uh, the president, President Biden, what his intentions are in terms of running for re-election in 2024. Uh, He responded in the affirmative. He did. He said that it is his intention to run for re-election, and it's also his intention to have Vice President Kamala Harris on the ticket as well. However, he did like to say that it's not even something he hasn't thought about who he run against. He hasn't thought about the possibility of former President Trump running against him. He says right now he doesn't even know what he's going to be doing four years from now, let alone imagining what he can possibly be doing as far as a re-election campaign issue. So he hasn't really set up uh, 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 a campaign re-election fund that we saw former uh, President Trump do early in his administration. He's doubling down, saying right now his main focus is the pandemic and the economic effects of it. Ike Ajachi, uh, great reporting, great in- information here. Ike with ABC News, thanks so much for your time and your report. Thanks for having me. All righty. Uh, we'll, we'll take a break here in just a moment, but let me, before we go, just point out uh, something you heard, Ike, there uh, a moment ago. A great report, right? Great, uh, wonderful information. I think that's the first time we've had uh, Ike on the program, and uh, excellent job. I just wanted to point that out here. Uh, one thing he mentioned was that CDC report, uh, which 
which relaxed the recommendations in schools from uh, six feet of separation down to three feet. You can thank a Utah study for that. 20 schools right here in the state of Utah were studied and found that three feet of space between uh, youngsters in the classroom led to no increased transmission. Quick break. Back with the top two stories at 2 o'clock next here on KSL News Radio. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.